Welcome to RIBA's Road to Recovery podcast series, a chance to peek behind the net curtains of a host of architects' practices across the country, to sneak into their lockdown worlds and hear their personal experiences of and responses to COVID-19. How do we turn this crisis into an opportunity? How do we make it a positive rather than a negative? And for me, there are so many positives. If you put all your eggs in one basket and then that basket gets tipped up, you're in trouble. Resilience as well going forward is going to be to do with adapting to new technologies and got to try and turn this crisis into look for the positives that are going to come out of it. In this episode, we talk about building practice resilience and adapting to new ways of working. Meet Cindy Walters from London-based Walters & Cohen Architects, Mark Kemp of Place Architects in Cornwall, and Carol McBain from Edinburgh-based Riak & Hall Architects. Cindy, if I can start with you, what do you think makes a practice resilient? What we try to do anyway is have work in more than one sector so that we're constantly trying to get into new sectors and that in itself requires quite a lot of research and seems to often require doing lots of competitions and not winning them and then finally you get a breakthrough. It's it's quite a hard way of doing things but although we do a lot of work in education, we do work in the university sector, school sector, public, private, so it ends up being quite a big range of projects for a lot of different clients. We also try to make sure that clients come back to us and give us repeat projects. A lot of our work is repeat work for the same clients. We spend an awful lot of time on stages zero and one, making sure we've got the brief right. So that I hope that means we end up designing buildings that are quite valuable to clients and quite and fit for purpose. And Carol? I think, yeah, definitely agree with Cindy on the not being too specialised and, and having a broad sector approach to things. And this time around, I think probably the public sector is going to be somewhere where work's going to come from. So yeah, we try to keep our fingers in and keep ourselves active in as many sectors as we can. I think resilience as well going forward is going to be to do with adapting to new technologies and new ways of working. And I think we've got to try and turn this crisis into look for the positives that are going to come out of it. Mark, future resilience for you and your practice? I think those points that Carol and Cindy have made about sectors is an important one. If you put all your eggs in one basket and then that basket gets tipped up, you're in trouble. But even I think within sectors, you can have different types of clients. So particularly within the residential, you can have private clients or smaller developers right up to the larger volume house builders if you've got a practice set up for that. And I think even within one sector of housing, you're going to find different responses from each of those clients. I think staying positive is key to being in charge when you're in charge of a team of people or an office or a staff. You have to drive it. You have to be positive. You have to encourage people. Cindy, how important is leadership as part of this future resilience? I think we've just realised that a lot of how you build up an ethos in your practice and a way of working, which I suppose is down to leadership, is that people watch how you do things. They watch how you handle a crisis. They watch how you deal with trying to prepare for an interview or winning a competition or a design review, or just how you handle yourself. And 
they observe and, and, and learn from that. So I think I, I totally agree with the point about remaining positive, thinking how do we turn this crisis into an opportunity? How do we make it a positive rather than a negative? And for me, there are so many positives. Carol, is there any particular way that you've looked at um, supporting your staff? I think we probably going forward need to look at other ways of being able to share information if we're not going to be in the office for a while or if we're going to use this as an as opportunity to work in different ways then we're going to have to investigate different technologies to enable that. Yeah and Mark thinking about your practice as a business you've had to turn around a, a seven-step business plan pretty quickly and readapt things. Yeah I think I'm in one respect I think I'm fortunate that I've got a smaller staff in terms of getting things turned around quickly in terms of the plan, we did we did jump on it pretty smartly. Um, it also might benefit me in that I don't have to, being the director and the sole shareholder, I don't have to run stuff past a board or get other people to make a decision with me. And I think that gave us some real flexibility, actually. I think that allowed us to make instantaneous changes about reducing overheads, uh, considering people's furlough options. And we've been talking as a team probably for a good two or three weeks before the actual day of lockdown. So most people knew what potentially was on the horizon. So that did make it easier that we'd had those earlier conversations. I think sort of in terms of that flexibility, one of the things that we've been doing is, well, I've been trying to uh, give people an option as to when they put in their hours. Uh, So this might, it was interesting what you were saying about getting the um, practice ethos over Cindy, because I think that that is a difficult one because you do have to model the behavior that you want people to follow and you have to think about what the way the practice goes. But I think that can start just in terms of how you allow your staff to undertake the work that they've got. So one of the first things I found just in the in those initial few weeks was I couldn't organize my day such that I could get out for a walk and have lunch and still do all the things I wanted. So I said to people, look, if people want to stop for two hours in the middle of the day, do that because I've struggled to do it. So you can do that as well. And perhaps looking forward to taking some of the positives for that, that might encourage a more diverse profession as well. I mean, being able to be flexible about the amount of hours that you put in is one thing, but being able to be flexible about when you put in those hours, flexibility around the communications could be really positive. And Cindy, thinking about this pre-vaccine period of you like, which some people are defining as possibly a two-year stint. Is there anything you're going to change to future-proof your practice? Well, we were doing, um, we do a lot of work outside of the UK. That was my cunning plan when we were leaving the EU. And I thought nobody knew what was going to happen. So I thought, well, I'd, I'd try and see if I could get us some work outside of the UK, which I, you know, which we managed to do. So before the lockdown started, I was traveling a lot. And obviously, then that all ground to a halt very suddenly. So if I think about, we think about this, as you say, the sort of the next phase, we come out of lockdown, but we can't travel safely, or we can't do a lot of the things that we just took for granted before. It is a whole new world. So we've started two projects during lockdown in, on other continents where we weren't able to go and see the site. We weren't able to meet the client face to face. We weren't able to sort of get the smell and feel and of the place. We just had to make another plan. And so this idea of, of not being able to travel, not being able to hop on a plane, not being able to see things with your own eyes or meet people face to face has been a whole other experience. But then it hasn't been a negative experience at all, strangely. But the other day, for example, a client said we were talking about it to a client who's got a number of projects around the country. And he said, where would you prefer to be working? 
And I had to correct my auto response, which was London, because that's where we're based. And I said, oh, it doesn't really matter. It could be anywhere. To answer your question, I think we, we're, we are able to be more agile. We're able to be more, able to be more flexible. You don't have to, to travel all the time. I mean, before lockdown, I spent my entire time traveling, either by car or by train or by plane. And I've been sitting at my desk, working in a very focused way for 15 weeks. And that's been quite a revelation. And Carol, any things that you're going to change? I think, like Cindy says, it's the ability to work remotely has given us confidence to be able to to do that it doesn't really matter where we're based we had been speaking to a client about potential work in the Middle East this has been a kind of ongoing discussion for maybe a year or so and I think we were always like how are we actually going to manage to to do that project and and does there have to be lots of travel but I think this last couple of two three months have shown us that it is perfectly possible to progress things with clients without having to sit down in rooms face to face with them. If travel is not going to be so easy to other parts of the UK, then we have to probably work out other ways of finding networking, if you like, and finding out what's going on and finding other ways of bumping into people. And Mark, future proofing, things you may do differently. Well, I think future proofing and resilience do rely on cash. And so you've got to have the cash to be able to make some decisions. And one of the things that architects are very good at is giving their time away and uh, giving their services away. And we've taken a view over the last few weeks, it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. But in terms of changes, one of the things that we're doing is we're um, trying to get our systems and structures sharper by being crystal clear or trying to be crystal clear about the services that we're offering. We're saying to clients, you know, look, we're still working. We can offer you these services in, in this particular way. You know, if you're really keen, we'll give you a discount if take it all as a lump sum. And if you pay as the first stage up front. So we're starting to get cash in the business by requesting prepayment. The other thing for us is it means that we've got a much more concrete project in our resource plan so we can feel more confident and comfortable that that work is coming our way in six, seven, eight weeks time. So I think those are the changes that we'll carry on with and finesse as we go through. Cindy's staff, of course, are a major part of building this future resilience. I wondered whether you'd had time to think about their development. Giving them support is the right at this moment is apart from checking in with them all the time and making sure that they're okay and making sure they're properly briefed and we're communicating clearly with them. That's one thing. But, you know, imagine starting a course or going on some kind of staff training. You know, that's a little bit more tricky, although we have been doing quite a bit of that, you know, doing lunchtime talks and getting outside people to come and speak to the office. So it's possible. It's just you've got to just be a bit more focused on it. And Carol? I suppose, yeah, a lot of the things that that Cindy said it's maybe going to be easier in some ways to let people have access to other training and, and development so you don't have to travel to an event you don't have to stay overnight you can just take part in a webinar but also just I think it might equalize so people aren't penalized if they're not working full-time so that I think what, what it's taught us is that working from home is not things can absolutely be delivered from home so you can produce just as well wherever you are and mark uh, yeah we've got an enrichment program which is in addition to cpd and it's been trying to encourage people to come forwards and say look i want a bit of time to go and do this and it might be they want to visit a gallery and they need a day off fine or it might be i want to take an art class or something like that one of the things we're planning for the end of july is a croquet game we figured that we could socially distance as a game of croquet and 
And so, you know, something like that in the diary, I think that, again, being positive as the leader of an organization doesn't have to be somebody going around like some sort of powerhouse that's constantly drumming motivation messages to people. It could just be simply putting something in the diary and having something to look forward to. Cindy, so it's it's a new level of trust that's coming about. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great. I think it's it's all positive. We really need to take the good things that have come out of this crisis and hold them dear. And Carol, any plans for croquet? <laughs> no, I, I think an illegal rave in, in Murray Place Gardens, <laughs> which is near, near our office. <laughs> uh, no, we haven't planned any, any physical gatherings yet. Looking further into the future, we're keen to find out why we've proved that we can work from home. So what is it that we would want to do in the office? You know, what are, the, are there different purposes that we'll use the office for? Cindy Waters, Mark Kemp and Carol McBain, thank you so much for taking part in this RIBA Road to Recovery podcast series. Mm-hmm.